You're listening to SM Media, the number one place for exclusive content. Hi everyone and welcome to the latest episode of the SM Media Euro 2020 show. I'm Scott McPike, delighted to be your host as always. A very busy show tonight, Get three days worth of action to catch up on. And we need to bring in the best to do that kind of show. So after a long absence, we're delighted to have him back. The one and only Rory Loy. Rory, welcome back. It's been a pleasure to have you on as always. Thank you, mate. I have been struck down by COVID. Um, aye. So that took, took the wind out of my sails for two or three weeks. It wasn't, wasn't nice, I must say. So, um, But I'm feeling much better now and ready to get back involved. Missed you, boys. Have we been watching a lot of football, obviously, since you've been isolated? Aye. Don't get me wrong, it, it makes you tired. So I, I fell asleep at certain times, um, and especially when you're watching North Macedonia, Ukraine, it can be challenging to stay awake. <laughs> um, but no, generally speaking, I have it's given me that opportunity to take, take in quite a lot of the football, to be fair, which I've enjoyed. Brilliant. We'll get obviously into We've got a lot of games to look back on, but we'll start off with a big game on Friday night. The way it was on, did you know there was a game on Friday? Eh? Aye, um, I'd heard a few people talking about it. Obviously, being in the house, I've not heard too much. So, <laughs> lucky, lucky I turned on my telly at eight o'clock. It was just coincidence. Exactly, and it's been it's, there's not been much <laughs> hype about it. But Scotland now, Scotland did get the draw. Scotland now, England now, Scotland now at Wembley. Rory, I, we'll talk a lot about the game in the next few minutes. But first of all, what was your thoughts on how well Scotland set up? Aye, it was phenomenal. To be fair. You know, that whole idea of can we can we hold on? Can we get a draw? Can we weather the storm? Can we, you know, maintain them with a low block and defend their own box well enough to come away with, you know, whether it be a 1-1 with a goal on the counter or a, a nil-nil defending for our lives? I mean, it was nil-nil, but it was it was the us that was defending for our lives at times. Um, aye, it was, it was a joy to watch. Every single one of them rose to the occasion. They really did. It was, it was a great watch. And, you know, on the edge of my seat at times when especially when you know looking back on the replay now the Dykes one was going wide but at the time you're off your seat Aye. jumping about um, but no it was brilliant they, they, they listen they stuck to the 3-5-2 and they executed the game plan to perfection Who stood out obviously with a, there was a lot of gossip about the team selection and things like that I think we had about 30 league teams and we'll chat at one point didn't we like it was there was a lot of teams going about who like yeah. did Steve Clark get his selection right and if so who kind of stood out to you I mean, it's difficult to, to argue anything other than, yes, he did get his selection right. The only bit we're lacking is goals, but mm. I, I'm not quite sure that anybody would have started in this bit ahead of uh, Dykes and, and, and Adams. But, you know, other than other than that lack of cutting edge in the final third, yeah, he got his team spot on. He, he really did. Um, and it's not the team I would have went with, certainly. You know, at the start of the game, I'm looking at that team going, nah, I'm not so sure. You know, naturally, there's going to be a few standouts when when you perform to that level. Grant Hanley in the in the defence, I thought was the best uh, of the three centre backs. I thought he was yeah. absolutely outstanding. You know, your both fullbacks providing not only width but quality going forward. Um, the three in the middle of the park, you know, composure, kept the ball, made the right decisions, passed it when it needed passed. Um, you know, tackled when when the ball was breaking. Um, and on the transition, getting up to the strikers, we really caused the problems as well. Like I said, it was just maybe that little bit of lack of quality in the final third that let us down, but in terms of getting the win, because let's let's make no bones about it. 
we, we could have easily won that game. And see if it had been 2-0, they're looking at the John Stone's chance and going, right, that's a massive opportunity. The, the mountain one, I'm not sure, is a great opportunity. It's a half chance at best. Mm-hmm. When you're looking at that going, you know, Scotland walk away with a, a 2-0 or a, even a 3-1, you're going, well, I don't think anybody could have had any major complaints about that. See, obviously, when you, you touched on there about the, the, the team selection, he threw in Billy Gilmer, who obviously is first international start. He must. He, there's something about Billy Gilmer that he's just going to be the next big thing. He's just some. He's just his his ball control and his composure for a guy who's that that'll be the biggest game he's played in up until now. What a performance he put in. He was exceptional, and and as well, I think Steve Clark got his substitutions right as well. I know yeah, people I were looking at why why they taking it off. I, that would have taken a lot out of him, mm-hmm. uh, especially mentally going into the last 15 minutes. But I think it's that little bit of extra class uh, in terms of keeping the ball, little one-twos. And people underestimate, you know, five-yard pack, people, oh, he's going sideways, he's going backwards. You know, that, every time that happens and every time he keeps the ball, England are chasing the ball. They are shuffling from side to side. Their legs are getting tired. That's mentally draining for them. And I think being part of a Chelsea side who will be solely based on you know ball retention, keeping the ball, building the play, he stood out like a sore thumb instead mm-hmm. in terms of the quality uh, that, that he brought to the team. Don't get me wrong, you like to see Randy Robertson's playing at the very very highest level. You know he's known for being athletic, for being quick, for getting up and down, and providing great quality into the box. Terms of being an all round natural footballer, Billy Gilmer, Billy, Billy Gilmer looks fantastic. He really does. Um, and not just him, you know, Callum McGregor, who... I thought they all looked you know, they're, 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 they're very similar types of players. They complemented each other really well. Callum McGregor, under pressure at times, handled the ball so well. Uh, you know, everybody on the park, but listen, there's not a, no doubt about it. 20 years old, to go into a, a Scotland-England game in a European Championship where you need to get something out of the game, the boy was immense. See, obviously, the you mentioned there about the, the firepower and you know, taking chances... Does that worry you getting into the last game knowing that Scotland may win? Like, where do, you, where do you think the goals come from? It does worry me to an extent because we've now played two games and scored zero goals yeah. and we have to win. And we have they, to win. And they've created chances as well. Which is a good thing. Mm-hmm. But when you look at it and go, right, we've created so many chances and still no scored, it's better than obviously creating no chances yeah. uh, at, all, at all when you're banking on, you know, a Lyndon Dykes or a Che Adams who's, who are not the most natural of finishers. You're banking on them scoring maybe one chance. The law of averages suggests, the law of averages must suggest that if we create three, four, five opportunities against Croatia, we must find the back of the net at some point. It's just whether we're in a position where, you know, we can go on and win the game from there. But I fancy it's to score, but it's it's not going to be easy on Tuesday, that's for sure. The other side of the coin, obviously, England, the, do you think the hype got to them? I think they underestimated, underestimated us. Every, you know, interview, every everything I've listened to and re- or read in the build up to it, and uh, the build up to that match was from a Scotland perspective. We've got John McGinn. You know, Billy Gilmore was an unknown quantity. I'm going to say to an extent, we didn't really know how we would fare getting into that yeah. game. Um, but we still had him, and we still knew he was capable of producing a performance. We've got Scott McTominay. You know, so. We are telling ourselves we've got all these guys who play at a good level. This isn't going to be a walkover for England. Aye. England just ignored all of it. And 
you know, it was everyone said it was poor from Gareth Southgate, no changing it. It was all it was borderline arrogant. He he felt, oh, you know, the goal's going to come. Um, we don't need to change anything. Uh, you know, Scotland were the better team on the night. The better footballing yeah, team. Definitely. They looked. They looked. They looked a better side. Um, I and like I said, I was I was concerned that Stephen O'Donnell wasn't going to provide a balance with Andy Robertson, who gets forward so often. I felt that offensively we were lacking on Monday on the right hand side. Mm-hmm. And that was a concern for me, but he was, I'll tell you what, um, he wasn't in the, the starting 11. Um, I had down if we were playing a 3 5 2. We'd be quite happy with him in a four. Um, mm-hmm. I said that to you boys as well, but if it was 3 5 2, I wouldn't have had him in the side. I would have had James Forrest based on the fact that he, you know, he got 14 minutes or something the other day and was in the opposition box, nearly scoring a goal within the 14 minutes. I would have had him in there. But credit to Stephen O'Donnell, he was magnificent. Do you think England are? Do you think they are good enough to to go further in this tournament? Or, because the t- attacking talents obviously there. I know they didn't show up, but the likes of Kane, Foden, Grealish, they're top top players. What is it that's lacking here? Do you think? I think when it comes to England, there's a real. You know, the the higher your expectations, the the more disappointed you're going to be. And I think mm-hmm. with England, there's this idea that they're these world beaters. You look at their midfield, Calvin Phillips and Declan Rice. I genuinely, genuinely would have John McGinn before the two of them. And then you look at the other two, we've got Callum McGregor, who there's always going to be that comparison, Celtic, can Celtic play in the Premiership, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But based on... They have this perception of themselves in England that they, they, they're these world beaters. Now, don't get me wrong, they do have world-class players in certain areas. But it's a mentality thing as well. Do England believe they're going to win that tournament? I don't think they do. No, I, don't I think, think when they it do comes when it comes to the crunch, Italy. You look at Germany yesterday. Um, Spain to a certain extent, although they are lacking the quality, really probably to back it up at the moment. When England play Germany, you look at the two teams on paper, and you go, "I England could win this," but everybody's head kind of goes, "The Germans will win," mm-hmm. and it's the same with the French and things like that. I think it's a, men- a mentality thing. Um, and we see it in Scotland all the time when it comes to your Rangers and Celtics. There's always that, you know, over the years, there's always a one side for the favourites who, who seem Rangers had it this year with that mentality thing. Celtic have had it for nine years. You just never really believed the Rangers were going to beat Celtic up until mm. this season. And it's the same with England. It gets to these major tournaments. You think, well, I, they could do it, but they never produce. And I just don't see anything, anything different at all. I don't understand the hype around the Croatia performance either. Created one chance and they scored it, which is clinical. Other than that, the game was a damp squib. Mm-hmm. Obviously, one question before we move on to the next game in Group D. Can Scotland beat Croatia on Tuesday? Yes, they can. Do you think, I think they will? No, I don't. Right, OK. I think it'll be a draw. I, I want... In my, my heart is saying yes, of course it is. It's just my head again is going. Wouldn't wouldn't it just be like Scotland to to go and produce that performance against England and then I I think as well there's a there's a danger here that we underestimate Croatia as well because all that focus was in England. Croatia are a good side. Mm-hmm. You look at you look at Perisic's goal the other night. What mm-hmm. a finish! Yeah. Um, you look at Modric who has got undoubted class. I think that Scotland will score. 
I think they'll just fall short. I think the game will be a draw. We'll move on to the other game in Group D that happened at Hamden. You look, I've Check. totally deflated you there, Scott. <laughs> I'm, uh, I can what agree. Do you, think? You, think they'll, do you think they'll win? Do you think they'll go through? I think I'm with you. I think it's heart rolling head. I just, again, it's just the chances. I mean, the only two chances I really remember was the Donald's volley and Dykes's one that was going wide. I just, they, I think Scotland are going to create. I just don't think they've got that. You see, you see with Wales, Wales of Gareth, Wales of Gareth Bale. Wales wouldn't be through if it wasn't for Gareth Bale just having that better kind of ability to go forward, to like take a chance and put a, give a, a guy a dream chance. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I, I want to say I, but I just, I think it's going to, I think Croatia will score. Which I think, I think worries I think, me a bit more. I think I'll be one each. I uh, hope I'm wrong though. I hope I'm and wrong. I, and, I hope I'm way wrong, but I just. Uh, and I, and I think if, if if Scotland can take the lead, then fingers crossed that momentum um, with the home fans in the stadium that can give them the belief. But one thing they shouldn't be lacking in the Tuesday's confidence. That's for sure. No, definitely not. And would you keep the same team? <sighs> this is where it's difficult. Again, because I'm hearing everything on the radio at the moment that's saying, oh, it has to be the same team, it has to be the same team. It's a totally different game. We, we have uh, to win the game. I, know. I don't think Steve Clark expected us to play as well as that offensively on, on Friday. He was setting up to stifle and, you know, this kind of whole notion of a low block. I think, he set, I think he set up, I think the way he set up, it worked. Because he did stifle England, he did frustrate England. But Scotland played far better offensively, than, as you're saying, than, than I think anybody I, thought they would. But I think, um, I, I, hopefully Scotland can do it. I think if they can get the the um, the, the first goal, that's going to be paramount, yeah. um, and they can get it at a good time as well. Then hopefully we can we can go on and do it. If we do beat Croatia, I think it'll be one nil or two one. It's we're not going to go. Yeah, it's and, going to be tight. Aye, it's going to be tight. Croatia played Czech Republic at Hamden just before England played Scotland. It finished one each. Patrick Sheik with a penalty and even Perisic equalised for Croatia. Rory, first of all, what's the kind of thoughts of this game? Obviously, the penalty, the penalty decision was a funny one, but would you say a draw was a fair result? I, I would say so in the balance of play. I think the Czechs are good. Um, and I think there was almost this perception of um, Czech Republic. Is it Czech Republic still? Czechia? Whatever you call Czech it. Republic. Czech Republic. Czech um, Republic. I think that we made a bit of a mistake and I was guilty of it as well. I think that we had them down as the weakest team in the group yeah. along with ourselves in terms of... And we thought, right, we need to win that game. We need, And we've all, we almost looked past the fact they've got real quality on their side. Mm-hmm. And because we're looking at it going, right, that's the one we need to win. That's the one we, we win. You know, they, they're no strong as England. They're no strong as Croatia. So if we can win that one, I think we lost sight a little bit as a nation. I'm not saying Steve Clark did, but as a nation that yeah, good side. Mm-hmm. Um, and the fact that they're going out and they're being competitive against Croatia and you're coming away going, I a draw was a fair result, just goes to show it. And they're capable of taking something off England, I tell you that. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's it's nicely poised for, for the kind of Czech Republic. They play England, obviously, at Wembley on Tuesday, the same time Croatia play England. A draw would see Czech Republic go through as group winners and England going to second. Does that help England? Uh, does that help England finishing second? Because if whoever wins this group could potentially play the France, Germany or Portugal in the next round. Second place could play third in group, uh, second in group E. 
Would England rather finish second, do you think? Listen, it's it's a difficult one. I think England are now under pressure to put in a performance. Yeah, yeah I think that's on, the thing as well. On Tuesday. I, I, I think if... Think of England had won the game comfortably against Scotland, then they went into that Czech Republic game, rang the changes, and that little bit inside them going, well, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world to finish second. I don't think a professional can approach any game like that. No. So regardless of the circumstances, but again, you're looking at the next game after it. If they were to beat a France or Portugal or Germany, does that mean that their next two rounds before um, the final are easy? I don't know. But certainly on paper, you'd rather face a Sweden than you would a Portugal, a Germany, or a, um, a France. I, I just don't think that you can possibly approach that game looking to finish second. It would it would stick out like a sore thumb. And, nah, I don't think so. But England, if they do finish top of the group, which I think they will, I, I can't see them progressing. If, they, if, if it's Portugal, possibly, after that, I just, I just can't see them beating Germany or France. I really can't. See obviously, see if you're obviously Gareth Southgate. Do you bring do you bring in the, the changes? Do you start Grealish? What's your what's your thoughts going into that game? This is the this is the wonderful world of football management. Though every single person was really really questioning Trippier at left back against Croatia. They yeah. won the game one. They won the game one 0 and one of the very few chances that came along in the match. Gareth Southgate's a tactical genius. Gary Neville, all these pundits analysing the game. This is why he was in there, because he's more defensive, showing clips of positives from Queen and Trippier. <laughs> Trippier. Roll on three days, Gareth Southgate goes for the team that he thinks he can win the game. They don't perform particularly well, and he doesn't have a clue what he's doing tactically. Yeah. And he's under major and he's under major pressure. But it does not strike me as a type of guy, especially with the, the, the Trippier one that's gonna he's no gonna fold to pressure. He's going to go with what he thinks, right? Similar to Steve Clark, because there was everybody in a dug up here in Scotland wanted Stephen O'Donnell at the team. Aye. And he stuck to his guns and played a team which probably he had written down or ideas of the team he wanted to play against England before the tournament started. And he was strong enough to go in and stick Stephen O'Donnell in. I think Gareth Southgate would be the same. I think he'll stick to his own ideas and his Aye. own beliefs. I don't, I don't think he'll be swayed. And if Jack Grealish was always planned to play against Czech Republic, eh, he'll play. But if Gareth Southgate wasn't for playing him, then they won't play. Mm-hmm. Definitely. We'll move on to Group E, which obviously sees Sweden 1-1-0 against Slovakia. Put Spain top, uh, Sweden top of the group. Emil Forsberg with the penalty. Thanks, Sweden deserve to win? Um, I didn't see much of that game, I'll be honest. Um, I've seen the highlights and probably on the balance of play. It's one of those games, if it's one each, if it's 0-0, if it's 1-0, you're not really going to argue about okay. that. But, Aye, Sweden, um, Sweden are a likeable team. I think a lot of people seem to just, I don't know why, but they're a likeable side. And, you know, I think the fact that Larson's in there and, um, you know, 36 years old and um, still playing, you know, ultimate professional. And I don't know, there, there, there seems to be a bit of a liking for Sweden. Um, I think they played well. They've got a lad up front, Isaac, mm-hmm. uh, as well, who is causing problems. I really enjoyed watching him against Spain. I thought he gave them a, a right up a right hard time and caused a few wobbly moments for them at the back. So, um, ah, yeah, and obviously Slovakia have got the 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 uh, first win on the board as well. So that's that's quite a tight group. And Spain need to be careful. They need to win. Yeah, Spain obviously drew one each with Poland. Morata get the goal. Lewandowski equalised for Poland. You mentioned there about Spain. 
obviously we know how they're going to play, but what are they lacking, do you think? No, it's, it's a difficult one because they, they are they're a good side to watch. They, they knock the ball around well. And they, 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 it's just a game. It's a bit of a football cliche, but that's it's that bit of quality in the final third. That little bit of nous from the midfielder to thread a ball through. Do you believe that Morata is going to bury it every time he gets a chance? No, you don't. Is he good enough to be the focal point for a Spain team? You know, I've grew up in a generation where Spain have been the best team in the world for years on end. You know, yeah. won two European Championships um, and a World Cup sandwich right in the middle. So, you know, you're used to you're used to Iniesta and Javi and Fernando Torres, guys who you know, you look at France, Karen Benzema up front, even England to an extent with Harry Kane, they've all got that one striker that you go, yeah, he's he's world-class, because despite Kane's yeah. form, I do believe he is world-class. I don't think Maratha is. You know, you could probably look at his record in the team he's plays for and go, well, you know, the stats would suggest he is, but I think they're lacking a, a focal point, a striker, and they're no good, they're no, a man, they're no a Manchester City who can play when they striker and still bang in two, three goals. They, they need a, they, they need a, a more focal point. Um, up top I would say uh, I think they're lacking a, a striker with real quality Yeah Poland have have that striker in Lewandowski but I think the only problem is I don't think they've got much else No and that's just it you know Lewandowski one chance one goal Bosh, that's it and that's 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 the difference you know they don't have these types of players that um, are going to pass it around and, uh, and and do all that can you imagine Lewandowski playing in the Spanish team I know Right. He, honest, honestly, like with his movement, his wee subtle movements, and don't get me wrong, he scored an old fashioned header. It was a great header, but can you imagine you switched Morata and Lewandowski? For me, the game would finish three or four 0 because that that's what Spain are lacking, and that's the only thing kind of Poland have got. Uh, it was it was a cracking ball in for the for the wide area, right enough, um, right in his head, and like I said, he only, that guy only needs one chance. Mm. Alvaro Morata maybe needs two or three. Che Adams, che Adams maybe needs five or six at that level, and that's where when push comes to shove and the teams start to balance themselves out and finish where they do more often than not because Scotland are only going to create five or six chances every single game. Um, but like I keep batting on about the law of averages, if they create a two or three, surely, surely one of them must go in. Obviously that that group is nicely poised. Sweden are top with four, Slovakia three, Spain two, Poland one. Spain play Slovakia and Seville and Sweden play Poland and Russia. Who do we think? Who, who do we think goes out that group? It's a tough one. I think that I, I wouldn't like to call the the the, the Poland Sweden. Mm-hmm. Poland play Sweden, yeah. I wouldn't like to call that one. Um, I really wouldn't. Again, it's going to be a one nil, I think, or a one each, or something along those lines. Um, it's going to be very nervous for the Polish as well, especially if they go one up, but. I'm going to put my neck on the line and say that with Lewandowski, when push comes to shove, players like that produce, and I, I think, I think, I think Poland will make a win. Um, right, okay. I think, I think they'll make a win against the Swedish. Um, and I think Spain, Slovakia, no mugs. No, and I think good, I think they'll, they'll set up to frustrate Spain. I think we saw that in a game yesterday with Hungary and France. I think it will be exactly the same type of game. Aye, absolutely. And Spain, Spain need to win. You know. Pedri in midfield, brilliant. Like what a player he's going to be. But again, yeah. it comes down to it comes down to that kind of, you know, has he got that composure at that age to 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 keep getting on the ball when it comes to 10, 15 minutes to go and they're they're nil nil or one each and 
you look around our team, Rodri and things like that. I, again, I think I put personally put Spain on a Spain on a pedestal um, based on the generation I've grew up with. Aye. We got Fab, Fabregas, Iniesta, Xavi, Busquets, all these guys, where it's just another level. Um, and I look at Spain just now, and I really think it could be another draw. I really do. A draw would probably see them through, but again, it's it's probably and three points. I think it probably would, aye. Because they would, if, I think it would all depend on what, Sweden, what happens with Sweden. If Sweden won, I think, yeah, they'd probably get through with three points. But again, it's going to be tough. because it's, I think Spain will do enough. I think they will get that, that late goal. I think something will happen. I think they're too good. There's always, one, there's always one massive team that falls at the first hurdle. I know. Always. I know. Um, and you're, you're, guaranteed, I know, you're not guaranteed, I suppose, with the best third finishes. But, aye, Spain, nah. I'm going, to, I'm going to put my neck in the line and say Poland will win one now and Spain will draw. So we'll move into Group F where Hungary frustrated France and finished a one-all draw. The World Champions were held. Rory, Hungary frustrated France. It was a great performance for Hungary, but Antoine Griezmann rescued a, a valuable point which probably sees the French through. But what was your thoughts on the game? Ah, it was... I mean, if France were going to draw any game in that group, you wouldn't have put it against Hungary. But, no. Um, no, it was a good watch. Um, the one of one of two teams which I've really really enjoyed watching it on France and Italy. I thought France the other day, like you just felt like they were going to score at some point. Um, and I think that when France need to turn it up and turn it on, they will. I'm not sure other teams are capable of that. Um, you know, I was kind of touching on before England. I I don't believe that when I'm watching against Croatia, I just, I don't believe they're going to score. I know they did create a chance to score it. I'm watching them against Scotland. I don't believe they're going to score. I watch Spain. I'm like, man, they're struggling here. You don't, you, you know, France are struggling against Hungary, but you, you just always feel there's a goal coming. You're, you're enjoying watching them. You're thinking they're creating chances. Um, Hungary are scrambling the ball away. Aye. It, it was a great point for Hungary and it keeps their interest going into the last game, which Aye. is great. Because it was great to watch. It was some goal they scored. Excellent, mm-hmm. excellent goal. And, um, you know, Griezmann equalises. And I, I just feel like when push comes to shove, France France are going to be right there at, right there at the better end, I think. In the are, they, are, really they, are they your tip to win it? No, I'm going to put my neck out and say that I, I would never have tipped Italy before. I would have tipped France. But I've not been on the show because I've been ill. So this is my first chance at a prediction for a winner. But I'm going to go with Italy, I think. Um, I think they'll look excellent um, I've made a point after watching that obviously we watched the, the first game of the tournament and I loved watching them I thought they were brilliant and I yeah. think they've been brilliant um, uh, in the second game as well and they've done enough against Wales as well I just think they've got that momentum they've got that wee they've got that wee spark that hunger and they, they just look aye, they just look a different beast under Mancini don't they? Yeah definitely um, definitely but I don't know Listen, I'm no one for looking at all the different permutations, but if they're on opposite sides of the draw, I would put Italy and France in the final at the moment, unless they meet sooner. Obviously, we'll, we'll touch on Italy later on, but my tip, Germany, is after the first game, I was thinking I might be miles away here, but that's it. the second game of the group, they beat Portugal 4-2 in Munich. Diaz and Guerrero were OGs, and then Havertz and Gossens made it four. Ronaldo and Jota got the two for Portugal, but... This was easily the game of the tournament. This was an outstanding game. It was just end to end, two teams just going for it. But Germany get the better of get Germany get the better of Portugal. They looked really good. Aye. And it comes back to that mentality thing I was talking about earlier. 
Germany lose their first game. They're 1-0 down against Portugal. Ronaldo's got his tail up. He's scored a goal. He's showboating. He's doing no-look back. Germany must have been thinking, but it's that mentality thing. They just seem to go up the gears and they seem yeah. to just be able to perform at a level where, you know, you've got 75 minutes so you're going out of a tournament and they, they go and score four goals and they're bopping it around. They look big. They look strong. They look confident. And it's just that little bit where you just think, aye, they're going to score. They're going to win. They're going to, they're going to do enough. And then when it comes to knockout football, we all know what the Germans are capable of. But I do think that if they were to bump into a France or an Italy, that they would maybe fall just short. Um, have I think a they are, they are the capable game. of losing goals. They're capable of scoring them, but they're capable of losing them as well. And it, I mean, I have to say, Ronaldo, that run from clearing yeah. that ball, I mean, he just, he looks like it's effortless. Aye. It looks effortless. It's the, the and he'll work on that technique every day, running, um, you know, being in that gym, doing different bits and pieces. Um, that those one percent people talk about, he it was in cruise control running up that pitch. He covered that full pitch in no time at all and tapped it in. And I, he he was obviously good to watch, but they'll they'll be toiling now because I don't think um, I don't think we'll get anything off France. For a Germany point of view, who stood out to you? I, I like Havertz um, I, I watched him a couple of times when he was early on in his Chelsea career and I, I thought Chelsea were struggling at the time under Lampard they were hot and cold and he was taking out the team and people forget his age he's really young but he came into his own towards the end of the season and I think if the Germans are putting trust in him to go and play in that in that kind of role you know I know it was an own goal the first one but his run and his, his movement um, creates the goal I like him He's very one-sided, very left-footed, but I think he's got great quality, and I think he's one of these that will really come into his own as the, the tournament goes on, and might not be the top scorer in the tournament, whatever else. But hi, I like them. Portugal obviously they have that one in the board against Hungary, but they they play the world champions next in Hungary while Germany take on the Hungarians in Munich. Do you think? Do you worry for Portugal after after that? I I would, and I wouldn't like to see them go out. Uh, listen. Uh, uh, you want to see the best players playing at the, the in the latter stages and love him or hate him, he's he's good value to watch. I, I would I would want um, Portugal to stay in for the Cristiano Ronaldo factor. Um, I think as well we could end up scoring bags of goals if they go deep into the tournament. Mm-hmm. However, I do worry for them. Yes, I, I don't think they'll beat France. I really don't, and I don't think they'll get a point off France either. Uh, I think France will come out, and I I think that. Hungary result was the worst thing that could have happened for Portugal. I think France will be frustrated and, and raring to go mm. um, when they come out against Portugal. And they're no they're a good side, Portugal. And I think if you look at a Portugal side and you look at the type of run England had in the World Cup, if they were to if they were to fall into that type of sequence of teams playing again, you could maybe see them hitting a semi or the draw was really kind of one big performance and I said hitting the final. But I don't think we'll get that far because I think France will take two or three off them and I think the Germans will beat Hungary. So I think they'll finish third. I think, I think Portugal will go out in third place. That's a big call. Could we see an early exit for Cristiano Ronaldo in the, the defending I don't know how it works though with the third best third places. Is it gold? It's all quite complicated. It's all, so. it's, I think it's all going to be down to points. I mean, I would probably say Switzerland are through because of the finished four points. But again, it's all down to... I mean... I've calculated. But how, how can you be? How can you be confident? Who was it that you said would go through in three points? 
I think Spain could go through in three points because they've not they've not if they draw they've not they'll be in zero goal difference so they won't be in minus goal difference if that makes sense so the light is that what it comes down to goal difference yeah it could get it comes down to points and goal difference but it's, it's if Scott right I've got a wee thing here if Scotland win against Croatia they're guaranteed to get through in third place if tomorrow Denmark beat Russia and Belgium beat Finland. Right, which leaves Denmark, Finland, that, and Russia. That's, do, that's doable. You could see that happen. Yep. And if Ho- obviously Holland are through against Macedonia, but whoever wins it, if Ukraine beat Austria or Austria beat Ukraine, then all, need, all Scotland need to do is win on Tuesday and they're through because third place in Group B would have three points and third place in Group C would have three points. Surely there's no, surely there's no scenario though that could present itself before Tuesday night that means that Scotland. Can he go through in four points and they know that? No, because the there's only three because there's only three t- three groups going to play before then. So Scotland will be Scotland will know that basically. Yeah, I don't, Scotland I don't could, think Scotland could be through if they win, if the two things happen. But again, it's it's not the easiest thing to work out, is it? No, it's it's pretty complicated. But I, I would put my neck on. I, I think France will beat Portugal comfortably. Ronaldo will probably get his goal. Three one France. Germany beat Hungary. Portugal. Back to the Algarve. <laughs> we'll move into group. Obviously, Group A is finished today. Italy got their 100% record. They finished with three wins in Group A. Matteo Piscina with a goal, a 1-0 win against Wales. You've mentioned, Italy, how impressive they are. They look to be in cruise control. A lot of their players were rested. This team's probably going to be one of the teams to beat. Aye, absolutely. Um, and it's one of those ones where you discuss potential winners and it's difficult to discuss potential winners because you know you hear the pundits talking and one of them will say I fancy you know so and so you know France, Italy, whatever it may be but you know these teams can draw each other in the round of, the round of 16 and yeah. then all of a sudden it's such a disappointing tournament um, you know if, if, if England run into France and get put out you know England are going to be oh last 16 that's not good enough but if they get to the final and get beat off France that's acceptable because but you're getting beat off the same team at the end of the day um, that knock you out. But aye, it's, it's going to be an interesting one. But I tell you what, I don't know, with a lack of crowd and, you know, these big tournaments can sometimes disappoint. I've loved it. I've really enjoyed it, I have to say. Um, it's, it's been good. And aye, uh, I, I think that when push comes to shove, Italy and France will be the, the teams to beat. Wales, man, Wales have managed to make it through as well. They're runners-up in Group B. They will play the winners-up of Group B in Amsterdam. How much credit... The runners-up? They're runners-up. So they will play the Group B runners-up. How much credit do Wales deserve for qualifying? A lot of credit. Because I didn't think they were good enough against Switzerland. I thought if I was the Swiss, I'd have been walking off that pitch. Being, we missed a chance there. We, we should have won that game. They were better than the Wales... Um, they created more chances they had more possession more opportunities for dead balls but Wales got the point and then I thought Wales more than merited their win against Turkey all of a sudden you get your four points on the board and you've kind of got a free hit against Italy so they've done enough and I don't so a runner up plays a runner up mm-hmm. right so that, that that group's what Holland, Holland Austria that'll be either Ukraine or Austria there you go. There you go. And so it just shows you how the draw works. It could be England, aye, so, Germany, or Wales, Ukraine. It's it shows you how aye, the draw works. Aye, so 
And see, to be honest, on a one-off game, I, spe- I know Wales have got a chance of playing at Wembley. I don't know if that's that's up in the Swanee now that they've they've got beat off Italy. But I, I, I mean, Wales are more than capable of beating Ukraine or um, or Austria. Do you think they're good enough to go as far as they did five years ago? Well, that would be them in the quarterfinal. They're more than capable of getting to the quarterfinals with a draw like that coming up. Then, Aye. who was it? They beat Belgium in the in the quarterfinals. A few yes, years back. they beat Belgium in the quarterfinals. Right, so Belgium again. We've not even touched on Belgium. They're big hitters as well. Who, um, you know, if they're capable of beating Wales with the team they had, uh, Belgium with the team they had in, uh, back then, then th- this team is made up of a lot, a, a lot of the same players who are game changers. So, aye, get, get big Kiefer Moore up against Vertonghen. Bang, there you go. <laughs> um, but I, I think, I think they are. I think more than capable with the route they've got of getting to the quarterfinals. You know, one big performance from Gareth Bale, that, 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 that's good enough to get through any tie potentially. So, aye. Aye. good to see as well. Switzerland balls, they won 3-1 against Turkey. They're pretty much through the way it works. It's, it's going to take probably five, five other groups finishing better than them, which is highly unlikely. But Switzerland have probably done enough to get through. A very impressive win against Turkey, who we'll touch on in a minute. Yep. Aye, definitely. And the Swiss, like I said, they, they impressed me against the Wales. And they were good against Turkey as well. And there's no shame in getting beat off Italy. So I think, I think they'll be quite happy with how they've done. Um, and I think they'll be full of confidence going into, the, um, going into the last 16. If they are, like you said, the chances are pretty high that they're going to go through. Yeah, and it's pretty much, uh, I'd say they're pretty much good. It's, it's a banana skin. It's one of those ones where if you're a bigger, if you're a bigger nation, you're looking and analysing game, their games going... You, know, you wouldn't want to catch them on their day. No, definitely. But Turkey are a, a team that's disappointed a lot of people. Obviously, Lachlan that was on the show has was raving about Turkey. They finished with no points, three defeats. Somebody else, somebody else was raving about them, were they not? Yeah, they were. Is that you? No? Yeah, Maybe I was, was, I was, you? I was <laughs> thinking they were a dark horse. Right? That's, but it shows you, though, I mean, what, what do we think went wrong for, wrong for Turkey? Well, good enough. Like, they lack quality. Um you know, Wales get beat 1-0 tonight off Italy um, and the Swiss were kind of blown away. I mean, Turkey were, you know, home and hosed after a ha- half-time. I just could not see Turkey getting back into that game. Um, I, don't, I can't remember if it was 1-0 or 0-0 but at half-time, but they, they, they blew them away. Um, they were much better. Turkey didn't get out their own half, hardly. Uh, the big man up front, I know he's he won the, the league in France and yeah, he's a strong performer at Yilmaz, but they weren't good enough at the end of the day. Wales... Deserve to win that game, and, and the Swiss deserve to beat them today. The they, they simply just did not turn up, is what I would say. Maybe they struggled with that weight of expectation in a group where they're looking at it going right. You know, we should be finishing second or third. You know, and, and I think that you weren't the only one that thought they were dark horses. You listen to the pundits, Alan Shearer, and you know yeah. all the all the big pundits were tipping them. Maybe, um, maybe what be ones to watch, and maybe back back in Turkey that that, that was the kind of the thought as well and maybe, maybe it was the pressure but when push push comes to shove they just they just weren't good enough yeah definitely it's been one of those those tournaments for Turkey tomorrow we have another two groups that will finish Belgium take on Finland and Denmark versus Russia I am desperate to see Denmark win because I feel as if they deserve they absolutely deserve to go through I thought they played really well against Belgium we all know what happened in the first game but I, I really want. If there was a story of the, the tournament, I think it would be Denmark winning tomorrow. Aye, um, absolutely. Don't get me wrong. Strictly on the football side, I, I don't enjoy the whole third place thing. I, 
I know it, it does make for a more interesting tournament when you do get to the last 16. I, I don't enjoy the fact that Portugal won it having drew three games back in 2016. Mm-hmm. Um, so to see a team win one game and qualify, I don't think that that, I, I don't repeat myself, but I, I just don't enjoy that. However, there was a team to go through on three points. I think that we all we would all like to, to be Denmark. So fingers crossed they can get a result. What about Tomorrow Belgium? Obviously, obviously Belgium play Finland as well. Belgium going for another 100% record in the group. Have you been impressed with Belgium? Aye, I have. Um, you know, easy pickings on the first night, comfortable win. Uh, moving on to the, the game the other day, Denmark were pumped up. You could see that. Um, a strange atmosphere around that. I think knowing consciously as well that the ball was going to go out and play in the 10th minute and there's that kind of celebration. It must be a strange kind of feeling. Mm-hmm. It must have been a strange feeling all round. And the Kevin De Bruyne factor made the difference in the second half. He was phenomenal. And um, I, again, it'll depend on who runs into who and how early, but Belgium have got the players to do it. And I, I think they'll do well. I, I do. Um, I don't know who they're due to meet in the next round, but... I think they'll win tomorrow night again. Um, I don't think Martinez will be will have been too impressed and too pleased with the performance the other day. So I think he'll want a performance tomorrow. He'll want momentum. So getting that balance between resting players and momentum is huge in football. Um, so, yeah, and it's the same for Gareth Southgate. You're touching on maybe finishing second, but he'll want to win that game. He'll want the players going into the next round full of confidence. But um, I, I have been impressed with Belgium to answer your question. So we'll go for score predictions for tomorrow's games. I'm going to go for 2-0 Denmark and 2-0 Belgium. What you got for tomorrow's Group B games? So Russia... It's a strange one for Russia, isn't it? Because they're on three points, so they're thinking, right, a point will get us through. Yeah. How do you how do you approach that? Um, it's one of those ones where probably for 60 minutes you have a wee go and then naturally to start to sit back. I'll, I, I would go along with that way of thinking. I think Russia will score, though, so I'll go 2-1 Denmark. And Belgium, remind me who they're playing, sorry. Finland. Aye. We're Finland also, were. We're also thinking a point, we'll probably see them through. Aye. I mean, again, it depends. Does Lukaku start? Does he no start? No. You know, you've got Witzel to come back as well. You've got strong side there. Um, you know, Team Mpuku's going to be starved to service again. Aye. Belgium, Belgium, uh, Belgium 2-0 for me. I, I would go along, along with that. I'll go 2-1 Denmark and 2-0 Belgium. And we also have Group C, which will see Macedonia play Holland and Ukraine play Austria. Holland, what have you made of them? Obviously, two two wins in the board. They're going for three out of three. Who's kind of stood out to you in that Dutch team? Yeah, the wing-back, Denzel Dumfries. Yeah. Outstanding, I'll tell you that. Um, aye, playing in that system, he bombs forward. I mean, in the first match against uh, Ukraine, he must have had about four chances mm-hmm. uh, at the back stick. He, he's been excellent. Uh, really, really good. I think um, Depay looks lively. Lacks quality. I know he's just singing for Barcelona, but it's that one wee bit at the end where you're like, go on then, go on then. And he just never seems to quite deliver on that end product. Maybe being at a club like Barcelona with the different players around him, that'll change. But um, I, Denzel Dumfries is probably the one that stood out for me. I backed him at the start of the tournament. Um, a cheeky £20. Just had interest bet. So he on the foot. Now that I can bet on the football, I looked at their group, and then I looked at who they potentially could play in the next round, and I thought at twelve to one, they're missing Van Dyke, they'll fly under the radar, they're going to beat Macedonia, um, they'll beat um, Ukraine, they'll get through the group, 
No. I, I, think, I think they could do well. Um, they're, they're really attractive to watch going forward. Either leak goals, of course they will, but on any given day, I could see them being quarter semis. Yeah, I think Holland are a good team as well. I, I do have that worry about, about them leaking goals, but again, it's it shows you how what, what difference one player being out can make to a team. Absolutely, Van Dijk's a stalwart. I mean, it's shown at Liverpool this year. That, that one player takes them from... I say one player, I know they've lost both, both centre-backs at Liverpool, but you know that one position has taken them from runaway leaders to you know, scrapping for fourth place. Yeah. So it's the same in, in this situation, but sometimes these nations with the quality they've got, uh, Luke de Jong in there as well, you, you look at that side and you go, they're not really playing with any pressure. Once you get to that, that you know, we don't know what it's like within Holland and how much pressure they're under but there's got to be an expectation I think in Holland of, of realism to go we're no favourites to win this time and we're not really the Dutch team of days gone by at the moment so maybe playing with a little bit of freedom as well will help them Yeah definitely Ukraine play Austria as well in Budapest a draw would probably see both teams through but who do you how do you see this one going? KG um, but I think what well, Austria and Ukraine have both shown is that they're capable of moments of real quality. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the couple of the goals in the first game against Holland that Ukraine scored were outstanding. Uh, you've got the Austrian, um, he's kind of playing at fullback. I wish he would move in the pitch, David Alaba. Yeah. Um, I wish they would move in the pitch, but his um, his assist for uh, Austria's opener on the first game was, was excellent as well. Um, so, Aye, I think I think it'll be a coin toss, but I think both of those teams. I think if they were to both qualify, then I think they would be good value in the next in the next stages. I've quite enjoyed watching the two of them. Yeah, I think both will qualify. I think it'll probably be a draw, which would probably mean Scotland would have to rely on another another group to to go in their favour if they were to beat Croatia. But I think I think that's will be a draw. I think both teams will play for a draw. Score predictions for tomorrow for that that group. So we'll see. The Dutch to win 2-1. I think Macedonia will score. I think the Dutch have been on six points as well. I think the mindset will be slightly different. I think you'll see um, a lot of changes to that Dutch team. I think so as well, but I still think we'll have enough. I think 2-1. Yeah. 2-1 Holland. Or the Netherlands, as Ali McCoy's pretty likely pointed yeah, out. Yeah, the Netherlands, exactly. Uh, and 1-1 uh, each. I think it'll be one of those just passing the ball about with 10 minutes to go yeah definitely Ukraine won Austria won for me and I think Holland will win off I think they won 3-1 but again it's going to be an interesting day final predictions for Tuesday night before we move before we finish the show up Are we... so my, my my heart says 2-0 Scotland score early get a bit of momentum score again in the second half my head says one each Croatia have got quality I think they'll score I think they'll pose more of an attacking threat than England did because we'll need to be more open. And I think the game will finish one each. But I hope I'm wrong. Uh, and I'll be delighted if I'm on the show on Tuesday night or Wednesday night, you know, eating my words. Um, and I think I think England and the Czech Republic will draw as well. I can see England drawing the Czech Republic as well. And I'm going to, I'm going to get there 1-0. I think John McGinn will go, I'm going to stick out there. That's my scorecast for Tuesday night. Scotland won, Croatia now join again. But we will be. What about England? What do you think England? I think be... England. I think England will draw because I think. But again, as you say, if England draw, does it make them? As it probably suits them finishing second. But what does it say that for the performance? 
What, what do you think's wrong with Harry Kane? Do you think he's injured or do, or do you think he's moved? Nah, forward? he's come out publicly and said it's just maybe he's not performed, but I love Harry Kane. I think he's brilliant. I, I, I think if he went to a... I think Man United would shoot him down to the ground. If he ends up at United and with Sancho, I think that would be phenomenal, but I, I, I think he suits the Spurs team and I think that United with the players they've got, dynamic players who... It's not intricate football. It's not. It's it's a hundred mile an hour. I think Kane suits that. Balls in the box, creating chances, getting the ball into him. None of this tick attacker stuff. It's yeah. you know that city, that city play. Um, I, I think he's brilliant, and I and I think that he's playing in a team at the moment who want to walk the ball in the net. He ends up getting dragged deeper and deeper, and it'll play in his head as well. See, see, come sixty minutes against Czech Republic, if he's no scored and he's not been involved in the game, he's going to come deeper and deeper again because he knows now. Right, well, I've came off with 10 minutes to win the first game, 50, uh, 15 minutes to win the second game. He knows if he doesn't produce, it's going to be maybe half an hour to go. And then all of a sudden, he's doubting himself. So I just think that he's got far too much quality not to be in that team. I would be I would be changing the, the setup and the system to shoot him because he's not performed in the first couple of games. I don't think personally, even in the first game. So I love Harry Kane. I think he's brilliant. And I would be doing everything I can if I was Southgate to accommodate him. I think with this England team as well, and I, I don't want to, I don't want to say that they were, they were unlocking Friday night. The Scotland were the far better team, but do you not think England defended really well at times? Considering how I thought, although they were poor going forward, I thought at times they were, they set up. No, they shouldn't be. They should be going for Scotland and try to break Scotland down, but. They, I, 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 I thought they defended really well at times. They did defend well, but it was a mixture of profession as well. Aye, the, oh, the, definitely. The one, the, the one that O'Donnell cut, cuts back to Adams, for me, at that level, you have to score that chance. You have to score that chance. Harry Kane gobbles that up for dinner. Like, he's not had a chance like that in the tournament. And I'm telling you now, see when he gets one, whether it's against Czech Republic or in the following round, he will score. Um, and that's the difference at the top level. So I did defend well. Che Adams, poor finish. He played well. It was a poor finish, though. Um, and there was a couple of scraps as well. Che, the one that falls to Che Adams, which is pretty unlucky with. But in the main, you're right. They did defend well. And, and they do look quite resolute at the back. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what Gareth Southgate does on on, on Tuesday night. Um, does Jack Grealish really start? I think he probably will. I think he deserves to. I don't. I don't think the boys from the start did enough the other night, and I think him coming into that game with Scotland with their tails up and the way the game was going, it was difficult for him to get into. So I, I think I don't think Foden will play on Tuesday night. I think England will be secretly delighted that game finished now. Now, see, not secretly delighted at the, at the result, but because because the game's over, that was a pressure game in the group. I thought for England, but they've came out of it as badly as as. I think they would have all come it out takes, better. All it takes is one, as we know, all it takes is one England performance. They could go in one 3 now and Tuesday night and that's it. The, the hype will I, start again. I, like, do you know I've, what I mean? agreed, I've agreed with you a lot tonight. I could not disagree more that England will be secretly delighted. No, it, not secretly it, delighted, but I think the, the it was the performance. Done. It was the, the game's, performance. But the game's done. I don't think they could have come out with that game, though, Pikey, with, with looking any worse than they did. I think they would rather have battered Scotland for 89 minutes and Scotland get seriously lucky and Scotland get a breakaway goal in the 91st minute. I think they'd have preferred that to how they performed. I, no, I, no I, I, get, I totally agree with that, but 
what my what I'm trying to say is England, all it takes is one England performance and the hype will start again. That's what I'm that's what I'm trying to say. Like, I'm not saying England were weren't good at all. If England going one if England going one three now, if England going one three now against Czech Republic, I think we'll hear, we'll, hear, we'll hear three lines at Wembley and Average Nobody again because that's the way we'll see, that's the Aye. way. You're talking about the supporters' point of view. Gareth Southgate said two or three times in the lead up to that game that the Lee Griffiths thing still haunts him. He still thinks about it, still annoys him. Yeah. So, in terms of performance, that that could not have went worse for England. Scotland were the better team. Now, not and there wasn't one Scottish. Uh, there was not one Scottish fan. I don't believe that realistically thought that. I think a lot of people thought we could get a result coming away from the game, being disappointed to an extent. I don't think we were the better. You made a great point in the chat a couple of days ago about how nobody expected that performance for Stephen O'Donnell. Not, not the defense. Oh, we think we know he's a he's a capable defender, but he was getting forward, following Robertson at times. He was doing that thing that we didn't. We we were all raving about Forrest doing. It was probably two of the best chances right. of the game. Probably came from him. Being Absolutely, he was, he, he, he was outstanding. And just just on that, um, I don't really understand. You know, there was a lot of this chat after the game, you know, he came out and he gave that interview and was quite almost emotional about the pressure he's come under. But at the end of the day, it's international football and he's not alone in being criticised. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people were criticised. Harry Kane's getting it for all angles at the moment. That's the life of a footballer. That's how it works. Now he comes back and he, he I will give him this, he showed unbelievable mental strength. I didn't have him in my starting lineup if no. he was playing a 3-5-2, but that doesn't mean that I don't think he's a good player or that I don't think he's good enough to play for Scotland. I just I mean, felt that getting in that game that he wasn't the right choice, but he's went in and proved us all wrong. He was outstanding, but I still believe that you're entitled as a fan to believe he should be dropped. That, that's, that's you know, you're entitled to have that opinion um, without it being a personal attack on Stephen O'Donnell. Mm-hmm. Um, however, I'm sure that there was a lot of noise out there which probably wasn't particularly pleasant and wasn't constructive and it was more than just so credit to him because that takes a lot of a lot of balls yeah definitely I, th- I think as well I think the Scotland team are better than better than having no goals in one point I think they this is my next question and this will probably be the last question before we finish up if Scotland had played with that that with that team against Czech Republic would they have got something Uh, nah, I don't, I don't, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know because I don't think I thought they played. I, I don't think it was the the team set up. I just think the 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 Czech team took their chances. I, I, I get that, but they, they also missed chances as well. They didn't just mm-hmm. take two chances. That they, it's a difficult one because there's so many things to consider. It's not just team selection; it's mentality. There was far more pressure to win the game going into. Monday than there was going into Friday maybe that got to the players maybe that they struggled to deal with that and thought we need to win this game and when they didn't win the game or went to go down then they go into the England game with as much far more pressure on them to obviously because you want to come out because it's a big fixture but there's no that pressure to win the game and then it's one of those ones see after 10 minutes we're doing well here see after 20 see I've been in that position as a player on the pitch you know I can't speak to that magnitude, but when you go to a, an Ibrox or a Parkhead or a, a Tynecastle or a 10 minutes, right, okay, we're, actually, we're doing well here, 20 minutes, right, we've kept the ball 30 minutes, 
confidence just grows and then you start right. to believe you're the better team. And I think that there was an element of that as well. I think that I think if Gilmer had been in the midfield on the Monday night, we would have kept the ball on Monday, sorry, we would have kept the ball for longer periods of time and we'd have given ourselves a better chance. I still don't believe we would have taken any of the chances we created. So I think we maybe could have got something I if, if he'd if he'd went with Gilmer in there. But moving McTominay back one really helped as well. So I listen, thought that I, I thought that helped retain the ball. I thought that was that the was thing a- is, Pikey as well. Can you you know we, we, at the start at the start of this campaign getting into Euros with so many different options and you know the fact that we've got this headache is great mm-hmm. um, let's just hope he can get his selection right on, on Friday but I don't think that setting up the way he did against England necessarily will work against Croatia this whole perception that oh it needs to be the same team it's a totally different game mm-hmm. um, Definitely. it's a totally totally different game so we've just got to put trust in Steve Clark and I think after Monday the nation believe and trust him so fingers crossed he can get it right yeah, definitely. Tuesday night's going to be a big night for, for us all. We're going to have two shows on Monday. We're going to have a Scotland-Croatia preview and then we're going to have a Euro review show later on. That'll do us for this tonight's episode. Rory, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you back on the show. Thanks very much for joining me. No worries at all. I've missed the wages coming in over the last few weeks, so I'm looking forward to the payment. Definitely brilliant. <laughs> Thanks very much for watching, everyone. Please follow us on social media and subscribe to our YouTube and podcast channels. We'll be back tomorrow with two new episodes. Thanks very much, everyone. See you later. Cheers.